This is the Vent Time with Connie podcast, where we discuss topics that can be controversial or uncontroversial. Topics range from family, faith, lifestyle, you name it. No topic is off limits. New episodes released every Tuesday and Friday. All right, sit back and relax. Here is your host of the show, Connie. everyone welcome to vent time with connie podcast i'm your host connie welcome to a brand new episode of vent time with connie podcast if you're new listeners thank you so much for tuning in i really do appreciate you for for choosing our podcast to listen to today because i know they have millions of podcasts out there but you still decide to choose us to listen to today so we really do appreciate you welcome to the vent time with connie family for the all listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. I really do appreciate your loyal support. Your continued support is not neglected. It's not, it's not underappreciated. We do appreciate you every time. Thank you so much. Okay, guys, a couple of announcements today. Remember, we have the Vent to God Bible Study End of the Year Celebration coming up next week, Monday, December 21st at 6.30 p.m. Please, please, if you haven't made any of them, the vent to god bible study you shouldn't miss this one okay so make sure you send us email venturewithconnieyahoo.com so you can join because we want to bring you in it's gonna be a celebration of the year and celebration of life you know we have survived 2020 and we should be we should celebrate it we should thank god because the theme of that celebration will be wonders of god testimonies we come to share testimonies of god that we have experienced in our life in this year 2020 or even a year a year before okay so make sure you come join us i would really really encourage everyone to join so send us email okay all right guys another an announcement is oh my gosh drum roll please dun 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 <laughs> so we are turning one yay venta with connie podcast is turning one yay finally this week thursday this week, Thursday, and um, we're going to celebrate in a big way, okay? If, just so you know, the date that we that I started this podcast is December 17th, and the same day that I thought about it is the same day that I released the episode and created everything. So, it's worth celebrating. So, come join us. We're going to be going live on Thursday at 6.30 p.m. Central Time. We're going to be going live on Facebook live on instagram and youtube so please come join us so we can have a good time and also we're going to be celebrating a lot of things on that life okay so make sure you don't miss out come join us okay chat with us tell me how you feel tell me wherever you're watching because i want to interact with everyone too on that day so in celebration of the one year anniversary uh, we'll be doing a giveaway, okay? Coming up next week on the part three of this mini-series. So make sure you stick around. Make sure you keep on listening to next week, Tuesday, because we're going to have a giveaway. That's a way of me showing showing you my appreciation for you guys sticking with me all this year and sticking with me through this series, this mini-series that we're doing. So make sure you listen, okay? So we are still talking about the virtuous woman through the lens of the book, Kayo, Secrets of the Virtuous Woman, written by Midred Kinsley Okonkwo. She's a pastor, by the way. So last week, I reviewed the first three chapters by sharing five lessons I learned while reading these chapters. 
So if you haven't listened to it, if you haven't listened to part one of this mini-series, make sure you pause this um this episode and go listen to the part one. They can come back for part two, okay? Or you can just listen to part two. Finish listening to this episode, then later on, make sure you go back and listen to part one because there's some important um things that I shared on that episode. So make sure you check it out, okay? So today I will be sharing five things a virtuous woman understands and applies in her life. Make sure you don't move an inch because these five things are hot and thought-provoking. And I don't want you guys to miss it, okay? Keep on listening. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the um, to Ventime with Connie podcast. So we are going to be talking about the virtuous woman part two. So part one of this miniseries um, did so well. And I'm guessing a lot of you guys love this content that I'm bringing, this kind of content. So I thank you all and I appreciate everyone that tuned in last week. And we are back again for another hot, hot topic, part two of the virtuous woman. Like I said previously, I'll be sharing five things a virtuous woman understands and apply in her life based on the book, Kayo, Secrets of the Virtuous Woman. What the author of this book is Pastor Midred Kinsley Okonkwo. So make sure you go check out the book. The link will be on the description of this episode. So make sure you check out the link to Amazon so you can purchase the book if you would like to. So without wasting any time, let's jump right into it, okay? The first thing the virtuous woman understand and apply is the art of mothering, right? Backtrack. Guys, I'll be actually getting these five things from the three chapter, the three chapter that I read, which is um, the chapter titled um, Family, Focus, and Fun. So just in case if you are with the book right now and you are thinking, what, what is she talking about? Those are the three chapters I'll be reviewing. The, the chapter on family, the chapter on focus, the chapter on fun. So that's what I'll be reviewing. So the first thing that um, I learned or I, I believe that the virtuous woman understood or applied in her life is the act of mothering, which is a mother. That's taking care of others, not only your biological children. And um, basically understanding the role of a mother, both physically, emotionally, spiritually. And um, I think also for me, when I think about the art of mothering, right? I know a lot of us probably listening are not mothers and some are mothers, right? Um, You're probably thinking, um, oh, I'm not a mother. How does this apply to me? It does apply to you. When you are single, when you are married and, and don't have kids, you still need to show that art of mothering. You need to be... You need to be caring for others, you know, being there for people that need your help, you know, both physically, emotionally, spiritually, spiritually in, the, in, in terms of praying for, for them, physically as in being, um, being, offering help to your community, to your family that needs your help, that you know that you can physically do, okay? And I think in the, in the book, the author did reference the Bible as, um, in judges somewhere in judges and when deborah arose deborah was a wife that he mentioned she was a mother but israel the the people of israel needed someone to help them defeat their enemy um deborah see saw that there was a need for help you know for 
for a leader, she she arose and she stepped up and able to help um, pray for um, Israel that God will give her the strength, the wisdom on how to lead them to this fight and win the fight again, victory, and also basically again um, um, push um, Israel closer to God because they were kind of deviating from God at that moment. So she was able to saw that there was a need, she step up and also be there for them. It was a mother, you know, she was a mother of Israel. That's what they said in the Bible. And they never mentioned she had children. So that's something that actually stood out to me too. I think we need to think about this. We don't have to wait till we, we have our own biological children or non-biological children for us to be a mother to people's life. When we see our community, a lot is going on in our community. So many people are in hunger. They don't have um, shelter or clothes. The little that you can help, please help them, care for them, comfort them, you know, be there for them if you can, okay? So that's one of the things that I believe a virtuous woman understood. And she always takes care of her home, her husband, her family, and everybody around her. So that's something that we can learn from the virtuous woman. And I want to read something that the author actually um, wrote. She said, okay, she said, we are to create the time to actually mother not just our children, but a generation. So that's what I mentioned previously about taking the time to help your community, taking the time to help your family, your mother, your father, your sisters, your brothers, you know, anybody around you that need help, taking that time to actually help people. So that, I think that's what the art of mothering is. Then number two that the, the virtuous woman understood is um, she understand the power of prayer. I know I have said this before on the 10 things that I learned from, um, that I learned, what, what was it? That I learned in life so far on, on my birthday episode, you know. So um, I know I mentioned it, the power of prayer, but the virtuous woman understood the power of prayer and uh, she's a prime example of someone that actually understood the power of prayer and actually use it, apply it in her life. Now, why do I say this? Let me go back to the book, what the author said. She said, the only way to watch over a man and to safeguard his destiny from the adulterous woman is in the place of prayer. So this particular um, quote from the, um, from the author actually spoke to me. That's why I say that um, the virtuous woman understood the power of prayer um, because she knows she just don't take care of her family, her husband, or people around her by just um, doing it physically. Like I said, spiritually, she was actually committing them to God, to God's hand, um, committing your family to God's hand, your community to God's hand, your future husband, your future, your husband right now to God's hands. Because sometimes when we do things, like even if we go there, talk to people, minister to people, preach to them, you know, try to um, change their mindset. These things can, the change will not occur if God did not intervene, if there's no in, uh, divine intervention in their life. So that's why it's very important that we actually, you know, implement prayers in our life, implement prayers in everything that we are doing, okay? Now, talking about the husband in particular, right, for those that are married or those that even intend to marry at some point, they're praying for their, hus their future husband, you know, it is important that you pray for your husband more often, you know, because the, even the book said that God is the only one that can change his heart. You know, even my life is an exhibit A on this matter because um, I have practiced this where um, I know 
when my husband does something to me, I go to God in prayers and pray about him. I know usually initially when you are praying about your partner, most times at the beginning stage, sometimes you just probably venting to God or, you know, laying your frustration to God, you know, because, you know, that's what we do when we are upset. But at some time, as time goes on, when you keep drawing closer to God, building a relationship with him, the one thing that happened, one of the products of building a relationship with God is that he transformed your heart. He renew your mind, you know. Now that you, when you are coming to him, you're not just only venting or just, you know, t praying, t praying about your husband. You know, you are now praying for him. You was like, you know what? He probably don't know these things, you know. Let me pray. Let me pray to God about him to help him on how to be a better husband, to help him on how to understand me. Because we women sometimes we say one thing but we meet the other, you know. We want the man to read our mind. Sometimes we say things we, you know, it's not necessarily how we meant it, you know. But when we say it, we expect our husband to just get it. You get what I mean? Like when you when you are upset and he's talking to you and asking you, "Are you okay?" You say, "No, I'm yes, I'm okay." But you know deep down you are not okay. But if he leave you alone, you get upset. You know, so the, such in, instances like that, you need God to help your husband to be able to understand you, love you like Christ loved the church. So that's why you need to pray about him. You know, you need that's why you need to pray for him. Sorry. That's why you need to pray for him. Because sometimes he doesn't know. This is this is his first time getting married to you. So there's some things he needs to learn. This is new to him. So you need to pray to God because I have realized when I pray to God about it, when God does his things, it, it, when God reveals his sins to him, it becomes revelation. But when you are the one revealing the sins to him, it would be like it will it would be like a complaint to him, it would be like nagging to him. So he wouldn't even understand you. Because for me, all these years I spent just talking, 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 talking. But when I start involving God, praying to God uh, about my situation, he's able to change my husband's heart. There's some things he'll be doing. I will I'll be just shocked. Because this is something I didn't expect. You know, I was like, all these years I've been talking, he didn't even hear me, you know? So that's why it's very important that you implement prayer. Let God in, you know, let him be the foundation. So the virtuous woman understood that. He understood praying for her partner, praying for her family. So because even going to family too, for those that have children, you know how it is with children. When you when you can tell them whatever you want to tell them, tell them, oh, don't do this, don't do that. When they grow up, you don't know how they're going to act. Or when they leave your house, you don't know how they're going to act. But when you pray for your children or people that even work with you, that God will help them, you know, treat you the right way, treat you the way God wants them to treat you. Because that's very important. Because sometimes we don't really necessarily know, know everything that we want or how we want it, but God knows our heart even more. So it's better that you pray for your children so that they won't just see you talking to them, advising them as you being oh, annoying a mom, annoying dad, you know, annoying mom. You, they want to see you, that you actually care for them and you want nothing but good for them, okay? So that's why it is important that you pray for the people around you. Pray for your partner, pray for your husband, um, pray for your family, pray for your community. So when you are actually helping them, th that help that you are rendering to them will be um, beneficial in their life. It won't be uh, a disruption. Because sometimes there's a way you can help people that will actually damage their life, that will make them that will make them lazy, you know, kind of enabling them. So make sure you are 
understanding the power of prayer and making sure you're using it. That's one thing we can learn from the virtuous woman. Okay, going on. Um, number three is that the virtuous woman understood the importance of raising godly generation. Basically, she understands the importance of a family that serves God. You know, let us be, I want us to be very, very intentional about raising our children, you know, because these days people just want to have children as if children are accessories, you know, or just, just having children here and there. They're not thinking about it. How am I raising these children? How am I going to raise these children? Where, where, who will guide me in raising these children? You know, I hope and pray that you are seeking God's help in it. That's why I mentioned about the power of prayer. Because if you understood the power of prayer, you're going to use prayer in this. You're going to go to God in prayers in helping you raising this godly generation. Okay? You know, as we, um, as we keep trying to use our financial resources to... Um, help to basically bless our children like for some of us that our parents was were not able to take us to a vacation take us to the disneyland take us to all these fun fun things children do experience when you have children now you want them to just experience all these things that you miss out on i get it when you want to do that because you want your children to have a good time to have fun to have that quality time with you or just enjoy life. I understand that there's nothing wrong with that. But make sure you also that you're very, very careful how you do it. Make sure that you also that um that you're teaching your children the important things, which is God too. As they are saying that this um Disney stars are their um heroes or their what they call it? What do children call them? I want to be like Mickey Mouse. I want to be like what other some those cartoon characters that they always watch every day. As they watch them, make sure that you're also letting them um, absorb information about God. Basically, learning, being passionate about God's work and being passionate about God's word, God's work. Okay. So don't, basically, don't let the chaos of this world pushes you to place motherhood in the back seat because we have so many things that's happening in this world things of this world like going to work especially us in america that we are always busy we are always working don't let those work make you keep motherhood on the back seat i don't know i know some of you guys will be listening to me thinking you don't have children so you wouldn't understand i know all those things i know i don't have children i don't know how i'm going to act when i become a mother but guess what i have god i have a relationship with god and i have the bible and i have this book you know so whenever i feel like i'm being overwhelmed i can go to god to seek help to help me out because sometimes it can be overwhelming i, I understand that but you need to make sure that you set your priorities right you make sure that motherhood like being a mother is also one of your priorities raising a, a, your children to be godly children you know raising the, that um godly um seed for god you know making sure that they are also being trained in god's way okay in god's will so that's what i wanted to mention and this is actually a good segue to my next point which is a virtuous woman understood balance priority how to stay focused okay this particular um point actually is like the genesis of why um i felt intimidated by the virtuous woman because before um before i know what i know right now um i always think of virtuous woman and i mentioned this at the beginning on part one i always feel intimidated or even frustrated by the virtuous woman because i was like 
how can a, one woman do all these things? Pray for her family, take care of her children, raise a godly seed, a godly generation. Um, you know, do all those. There's so many things. Like even in the Bible, when you read the Proverb 31, woman, she basically knows how she knows about real estate. She knows about farming. She knows about being a mother. She knows about being a wife. She knows about pretty much everything. And you know, if you are not if you're not being led by the Holy Spirit to actually read that Bible verse, um, Bible chapter, and understood it, like the way God would want you to understand it, you will feel lost. You will feel intimidated. It's like, oh my God, this is crazy. There's no way one woman can know how to do all of these things. And um, that's pretty much how I felt at, at the beginning. I was like, no, this is just ridiculous, okay? So basically, when I started reading this chapter on this book, Kayo, The Secrets of the Virtuous Woman, and the way the author break it down, the way she explained it, I love it so much. She said, um, a virtuous woman un- understands that she must balance her life or she will burn out. Okay? You know, in the way it was written in the, in the book, even in the Bible, it's evident that the virtuous woman knows what she wants. Basically, she's not a doormat. She's not a, a woman where... Oh, my husband said this. My husband, like, basically, she doesn't have her, a voice of her own. She doesn't have a mind of her own. She doesn't know what she wants. It's wherever her husband swing her, that's where she will go. It, like, wherever her children swing her, that's where she go. Like, she doesn't have a place in her family. She doesn't know what to do. She doesn't know what she wants. The virtuous woman knows exactly what she wants, but not in an in intimidating or very arrogant or disobedient what other word or rude way you know she knows what she wants but she's very humble with it okay so that's one thing that i learned another thing is she knows how to balance her life to avoid burnout how did she do that she did that by prioritizing her ultimate goal so if you read the book you know the author went ahead and asking describing how she got to this point and applying this in her life some questions she asked herself. So some of the questions that you can ask yourself as you're listening to this is, what is your ultimate goal? You know, how can you get there? You know, you find if you find out what your ultimate goal is, now how can you get there? Do you need help in getting there? A lot of us would think that virtuous woman did this, all these things all, all on her own. No, she actually got help. She received help, okay? Because if you read some part in the Bible, in that Proverb 31, she delegate work to her maidens. Some um, Bible uh, translation would say maidens. Some would say um, to her help or something, to her household. Yeah, she didn't do all this thing on her own. She actually got help, you know? She, she seek help. People actually help her in taking care of her home, taking care of so many things in home or even outside like her businesses, okay? So it's not someone that is Jackie, like my people would say, someone that does everything. No, she knows what she wants and she knows how to balance it by prioritizing what is important to her, asking herself this question, what is my ultimate goal? How can I get there? Do I need help in getting there? And um, is there something only... I can do because you have to ask yourself that question. Okay, while you are you know trying to figure out how you're gonna go about this thing, you need to ask yourself, is there some things that only you can like for instance, um pleasuring your husband and also building a relationship with God for those that are single, um, raising your children, okay, because you don't want other people doing that for you. Those three things that I just mentioned are very important, and most likely you are the only one that can do those things. So when you prioritize what is 
very uh, important to you and what you can only you can do so you don't feel burned out the ones that people can actually help you let's say cooking washing dishes cleaning for those back home they can afford to get help they call house help people that can help them wash the children clothes wash take their bath you know clean the home for us here in the united states you can get babysitters you can get people that can come clean your home for you so many things you know so if you can actually if it's possible for you to get that help go out there and get the help don't frustrate yourself and burn yourself out because you're trying to be a virtuous woman because a virtuous woman was wise she is focused she know how to prioritize she know how to balance her life okay she doesn't get she don't get um burnout because she knows how to delegate choice or work and prioritize so that her life will be balanced without feeling burnout okay so you can have time more time to actually do things that are important to you, to do things that only you can do, okay? So you don't want, but by the time you do all these things by yourself, when it's actually boils down to the most important things, those things that only you can do, you feel tired. Oh, I don't have time. I need to go to sleep. Oh, well, you know, I don't have time to pray. All those important things, you don't have time to raise your kids and your help will be raising your kids for you. Now, you want to do those important things by yourself. And of course, through God's intervention, um, you can do those things because the Bible say you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Okay. So the virtuous woman was focused. She knows what she wants. She stay focused. And I think also that means some things has to, has to give. Okay. Cause I know this multitasking thing, um, the word, um, propagate, you know, the word, um, talk about multitasking for women or oh, women know how to multitasking. Let me tell you, multitasking is really good. I'm not going to object to that. Okay. Multitasking is very good, but make sure you, you try to streamline, focus on the things that are important to you. Okay. Stop trying to attend this worldly multitasking. I want to have it all. I want to be, uh, all these things by yourself. Oh, I can do all these things. No, nobody can clean for me. Nobody can cook for me. All those things, right? Because you want to be this um, virtuous woman. Let me tell you, you're deceiving yourself because the virtuous woman is not even like that. They're not giving you a trophy for doing all the work. If you can get help, don't be silly. Don't be, um, don't be foolish and do it all yourself and stress yourself out and get yourself burned out. Seek that help that you need, okay? You can do multitasking, but sometimes you don't want to be jack of all trade and master of none. Because sometimes that's, that's what multitasking can do to us. You know, because we women want to do all these things. Oh, I want to do, I want to be a working class woman. I want to do this. And then by the time you are tired, because, and the funny thing is, there's no way you can do all those things efficiently. Because when you are trying to do everything, a lot of things will be lacking. A lot of things will be missing in your life because you're not even focusing on it. You're just touching, 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 and leaving. You know, there's no connection. There's no attention you're not paying attention to detail are you gonna miss out on so many things but i think what virtuous woman did she was smart she was intelligent she stayed focused okay i want to be this a good mother i want to be um i want to focus on taking care of my husband i'm gonna do that i'll make sure i do it well okay not just focusing on everything and then messing up all of them okay so she knows what she wants she goes for it then if she needs help on the way she is not afraid to ask help let us stop spreading this misconception about virtuous woman it's a woman that does everything by herself she doesn't ask for help and let's stop stereotyping or 
What's the word? Shaming women that actually got help. Women that actually uh, that got someone to help them cook some meal for them. Maybe because of they have looked at their week, they couldn't have time to cook all of them. Let's stop shaming them. You you don't know what they are going through. You don't know why they are seeking that kind of help. Let's stop doing that. If you can do all those things, everything efficiently without help, good for you. Now, stop judging others that can do it. Women, we should stop feeling pressured to do everything all at once because we want to be recognized as a good woman, as a good wife, as all those things. But you are burning yourself out and you're not even happy within you. So make sure everything you are doing, you are doing it with all your heart, your mind, your soul, every bit of you. And you are actually enjoying doing it. Okay? So, um, like, for instance, some people, some women that chose to stay home and raise their kids, those um, the homemakers. I know a lot of our generation, uh, this word always um, criticize them or shame them for staying home let me tell you at some point in your life on your marriage one person have to stay back and take care of the kids and raise these kids because you don't want the world raising your kids for you if it's, if it boils down to you as a wife have to stay back and raise the kids while your husband go out there and work let it happen don't stop focusing on other people's marriage how their own marriage is working how their family is working no focus on what do you guys need and do it and stop trying to make yourself feel bad thinking every woman around me is working i feel like we all go through a phase there's a phase in your life that you go through it will make sense it is cost efficient it is productive for you to actually stay home and take care of your kids then actually sending them for to this send them to um what they call it daycare where they, your children will not even be taken care of you don't know what they're teaching your children you don't know what they're even eating you know so sometimes it requires you to stay home and focus on it okay if it requires the man if it requires the woman whichever one the couples decided as far as the children are being taken care of as far as the home home front is actually being taken care of is good that's all that matters it doesn't matter what other people are doing in their family okay so i think we think we should stop doing that and especially it's women that does this to their fellow women we should stop doing that if you're able to afford oh you're working your husband is working and there's nothing lacking in your marriage in your family good for you do it now leave another woman that chose to stay home and take care of her children let her do that okay because staying home and taking care of children is not even easy let me tell you it's not easy because <laughs> it's a lot of work you know that's actually a full-time job because you can pay someone to do that so that's what the woman is doing you know so we should actually stop um shaming them because you don't we don't know what their situation is you know we, you, yes we can encourage them to try to um work or um do something in life other than just being a mother and a wife you know being you know being an impact in the community everything but still we need to understand that there's time for everything that um everybody has a purpose and a calling this might not be their calling their calling might just be only homemakers or just staying at home staying at home to leave them alone and mind your own business that's what we need to do coming 2021 mind your business so that's what i would say on that one okay number five the the last but not the least um thing that i believe the virtuous woman understand and apply in her life is a virtuous woman understand how to have fun like i would like to say she can get it or she's cool you know i know 
a lot of us, you know, we have heard about the virtuous woman or praying for her husband, taking care of her home, staying focused. And some of you guys probably be thinking, oh my God, this is draining. This is like emotionally, physically draining. When are we going to get time to relax and have a good time? So I'm here to tell you a virtuous woman also knows how to relax and have fun. If you read the book that I'm reviewing right now, the, the author um, did explain how she come to this conclusion that a virtuous woman do know how to have fun. It's on Proverbs 31, of course, verse 14. Um, she used the message translation. And um, for me, when I go back to the regular um, translation, I think ERV, it says that she's like a, in Proverbs 31, 14, it says a virtuous woman, she's like a, a merchant sheep. She brings food from afar. The message translation says um, she brings exotic, exotic um, surprises, right? For me, I decided to Google what merchant ship is, right? Why is she being compared to a merchant ship? A, a merchant ship um, is like a ship that, that is like um, a carrier of so many things. It, it brings a lot of things, food, recreation, so many, like uh, pleasure, so many things. It brings a lot of fun things, you know. Brings food. Brings brings all the things that you can you can mention. So a virtuous woman was compared to the merchant ship, and you know this is proverb. And proverb sometimes does not mean exactly what it said. It's all have a deeper meaning with it. Okay, it doesn't mean literally. It have a deeper meaning with it. With it. So that's what we need to think about. And also, I think um that's some that's a good a prime example of. Um, reading the Bible without the Holy Spirit. If you read the Bible just thinking it's a book, you will be confused. You wouldn't even understand it. You would think of it as, oh my God, this woman is also working, going out there, you know, traveling, bringing food. What does her husband even do? You know, that's the way you will read it if you don't have the Holy Spirit directing you on or giving you clarity, you know, because the Bible did say that do not rely on your own understanding. God will give you wisdom. Rely on God completely, you know. So all those things, um, if you don't have that God with you, you don't have the Holy Spirit with you to give you clarity while you read the Bible, if you approach the Bible as a book, as a novel, as a fiction, you won't understand what you read. You're going to be like, oh my God, this is exhausting. Like, this virtuous woman don't get a rest. Because you can read, she's like a merchant sheep. She's like a merchant um, sheep. She brings food from afar. You're going to be like, oh my God, this woman is still, is also traveling. <laughs> You know, so um, I think with the Holy Spirit, even the author stated it, it you know, um, when she go to the message translation of the Bible of the same verse, it says that she brings exotic surprises. That means she brings something fun, something exciting, you know, to the marriage, to her family, to everywhere she touch, you know. So that brings us to talk about the fun part, right? So let me read the line here on the book that I really love, that I would like to go more in depth on. It says, as men want to marry women that can pray for them, they also want to marry women that can play with them. You know, because I know, um, before I talk about that, and I check my, my analytics on this podcast, um, I thank God I have adults listening to this podcast, so... You know, there's no children. But if you are children listening to this podcast, it's the time for you to close your ears. Okay? For adults, open your ears. Open your ears very well so you can hear what I'm about to say. Okay. 
you know, like the 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 author say, um, going to the line that that I want to actually talk more in, in depth. He says that as much men want to marry women that can pray for them, they also want to marry women that can play with them. I think a lot of us do forget about these things, especially when you are married for a long time. You know, like two years, three years, four years, five years, and you see a lot of marriages lose that um, that passion. That spark, chemistry, X factor, the ump, you know, something that actually differentiate, differentiate them from platonic friendship, okay? So some marriages lose that. The marriage will become lifeless. There's no fun. It's just boring. It's just dry, like some people would say. You know, it's just dry, you know? And they lose this along the way, you know, through the marriage. And there's something they call the, the seven-year each. People lose that maybe on their seventh year and up. Some people lose that even before seventh year or after seventh year. So there's so many things that happen in marriages. Some and 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 basically their marriage is becoming plateau. You know, it's just plateauing. It's just staying steady. Nothing is moving. Nothing. It's just it's just dear. That's it. It's lifeless. That's the only word I can think of right now. So um, as a Christian, to we Christian, we made these mistakes of. Um, thinking that, oh, yeah, oh, I want to pray in tongues. I want to go to church. I want to pray for my husband. But you forget to relax and have fun with your husband. You forget to actually have fun in your marriage, you know. And especially what I'm talking about, the intimate part, you know. And a lot of us are very, I think it's because a lot of us actually are shy of talking about these things. God actually created sex to be enjoyed in marriage, not just for making kids, for, you know, Making kids, basically having babies. That's not what sex is just for. A lot of people, a lot of women just do be intimate with their husband just to have children. After that, they don't even want to do it anymore. And I think sometimes maybe it's not like they enjoy it. Maybe society also play into this, especially the church, right? Because the church don't talk about this a lot. They don't talk about sex a lot, you know? So people are kind of shy away from it. And most women are shy away from it because they don't even want to talk about it. They enjoy it because they don't want their husband to judge them or think like they are, you know, prostitute or stuff like that, right? So they'll just keep calm, keep their mouth shut. They don't talk however he wants to do it, quick five minutes, and that's it. And some women even do these things where when you get married for a long time, you kind of let yourself go. You don't even make up. You don't even take care of yourself, look good. You don't even have to put makeup. But taking care of yourself, your skin, everything. Looking nice for your husband. Because men are attracted by what they see. He was attracted to you at the beginning. Now you got married, you think he will just stick his eyes to close or something. No, his eyes are still wide open. Even if he's a man of God, there's man in front of it. Okay, so blood is still flowing through his vein. So you still need to give him something to look at. Okay, I'm not saying that's the only thing. I'm not saying that if you don't look good, your husband will not find you attractive. That's not what I'm saying. But we shouldn't miss that it is also important. You know, because I know this also happens for those that have children. Actually, when you have um, a lot of children, sometimes, you know, your sex life, especially in marriage, that's what I'm talking about now, is marriage, right? It will decrease. Your sex life will decrease because now children are in the are in the midst, and um, now you gotta think about what they're gonna eat. Are they gonna just open the door? You know, stuff like that. So you, for a woman, your mind will not be straight because you have a lot of things going through your mind. Because you know, we women, we take time to you know get in the mood. It takes us time. So as very gracious I am, <laughs> I'm just joking. 
But I was like, you know what? How about I suggest this for my married women out there that are probably experiencing this? Some people don't even know what I'm talking about anymore because it's been years. They they probably haven't enjoyed it as much. They're just probably doing it as a choice, as a duty. They're not doing it as a duty. Oh, my husband needed this. Oh, my God, I don't want to stop him from this. I don't want him to go outside. Because so many reasons, right? Or oh, I want to have children. Okay, it's time for us to have a baby number two. Let's do it, you know? But if you are in that situation where you feel like you're losing that passion in your marriage, you're losing that chemistry, that fire burning, that fire burning in your in your um in your marriage, uh, I will also suggest that you try something new, okay? Um, I know in the book, the author suggests about um, getting a, wearing a lingerie, you know, doing all those, those fun things in your marriage, right? Some people probably think, oh, I can't afford that. That's too much money. I don't, look, for me, I don't even think you need to get a lingerie. You know how you can do it? Just someday, pick a day. Even before that day, try to order, like, rose patterns on on. Amazon or even other candles. You don't have to be real candles. You can order those fake ones that you just turn on and turn off, okay? Order those ones because for those that have children, you don't want to have candles around, right? I get it. But you can get you can buy um other rose paddles. Um you can order um fake candles, those ones you turn on or turn off, and then sit a day outside, you know. Just take a shower, take a warm bath, right? If you if you have a bath, soak yourself in a bath, you know. Take a very nice bath, take a good shower, right? When you are done, make sure you spray yourself with good, good body spray all over your body. The one that your husband will smell, he will just pass out. Okay, I'm just joking. We are not. That's not the goal. He doesn't need to pass out. He needs to be awake. Okay, let's move on. So just basically spray, spray yourself, spray your body with a good body um, skin. You know, yeah, I don't want to advertise any product here. But just do that. And then you don't need to wear lingerie. If you, if you don't have lingerie, probably because you don't want to go to, you know, all those expensive um, lingerie store, you can just wear your husband's T-shirt. Like the T-shirt that, you know, if you wear it, it will look baggy on you. It will look big on you. Just wear that one. And let me tell you, bear in mind, you don't have to wear anything underneath. Just wear your husband's T-shirt and maybe maybe pull it up a little bit so it look like it's an off-shoulder and put the and spread the rose paddles on, in the bedroom and put the candles from the door to the bedroom and where you will be sitting. Just sit in the edge of the bed, okay? You know, basically sitting, you know, very appealing, okay? And so that when your husband opens the door, he will be wild. And please make sure you play music in the background. Very nice R&B or, you know, those, those love music, okay? Just put it in the background. You can get some champagne if you have champagne or some wine, something to keep you going. If you are one of those shy people that need some, you know, alcohol to make you a little bubbly. Or you don't even need alcohol sometimes. Just put some wine and some glass and then play some music. And let him come inside and see what's waiting for him. And he will just look from down up and he will see his delicious, yummy wife waiting for him. Okay? And the rest will become history because that night will be miraculous. It doesn't even, and let me tell you, it doesn't have to be a night, but that day will be miraculous day. Okay? Trust me, when you try this, whoo, 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 the trajectory of your marriage will definitely change. Okay? For the better definitely so make sure you try those things spice up your marriage it doesn't have to be boring marriage should be enjoyed not endured okay 
Stop being, oh, no, that's not godly. That's not spiritual. No, God wants you to enjoy it. That's why he created it. It's not just for only having children. So enjoy your husband. Enjoy your marriage. Try something sexy, okay? Try something fun and spicy of your marriage. Let it not be dry, okay? If you try this suggestion, or even more suggestion, I'm sure, but this is the most cost-efficient, less time-consuming um, thing that you can try. You know, and trust me, your husband would appreciate it. And you guys will have a good time. Okay, let me stop because right now it's getting hot in here. <laughs> okay, let's move it on. Thank you guys so much for listening. We have come to the end of this episode. Guys, make sure you check out the description of this episode. It has the links. It has all the links and information about this podcast and the Amazon link to purchase this book that I'm reviewing, which is Kayo, Secrets of the Virtuous Woman. And um, thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure to subscribe or follow us wherever you're listening right now so you will be updated or you'll be notified each time we release any new episode. Please come back next week for part three because in this last part, we'll be, we will be doing a giveaway. So you don't, do not want to miss this one. So thank you once again. Remember, Jesus loves you and I love you. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Vent Time with Connie podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, or whatever platform you listen to podcasts. Please don't forget to like, rate, review, or share this podcast. Do you have any feedback or questions for Connie or any topics you'd like to discuss on the show? Connie loves communicating with our listeners. You can find her on Instagram and Facebook at Vent Time with Connie or send an email to venttimewithconnie at yahoo.com. Until next time, remain blessed.